Up next, right here on Spreaker, it's your boy, the governor of Minnesota. Sports talk, that is. The big, smooth Vince Wright coming to you live with Sports Done Right. Keep it locked. It's about time you got it right. Up next, it's your boy, the big, smooth Vince Wright, broadcasting live from the Sportstacular Governor's Mansion, the governor of sports talk, that is, and he's got your ticket to all the latest sports-related news, events, and hot topics. Are you ready to get it right? Sports Done Right, up next. ready and get over here. Right now? You're darn tootin'. Don't you know it's time for the governor's weekly address? Live from the office of Minnesota's number one sports authority. 
He's the governor of Sports Talk Radio. And by way of executive order, serving you a stimulating dose of sports done right. Hey, hey, hey. Vince Wright, sports governor here. What's going on, people? What's going on? How's everybody out there tonight? Hope everybody's doing good like I am. And another another wonderful night here in the Twin Cities of Minneapolis, St. Paul. And it is going to be well enjoyed tonight after we get off the air because we got some heat and humidity coming this way. So make sure, uh, for my local people here in the Twin Cities, make sure you enjoy it. So happy, happy week. I hope you're having a good time like I am. Want to say early what's up to Sluggo out there in the chat room? What's going down, sir? Mama Bell's out there as well. Reese Bell in the house. What's up, mother? Oh, there he is, folks. Here he goes, the one and only. Yes, sir. All the way from New Jersey, living in Atlanta, GA, the Chief Rocker Jersey Vern. What's up, sir? And we also got the wonderful Carrie out there as well. What's going on, Carrie? We appreciate you coming by. And as my mom said, waiting for Golden State to take the series. We got a little, yeah, we'll get into that basketball a little bit later. Oh, so disappointed in the Cleveland Cavaliers, people. I don't even know what to say. But the sports gov will be getting into that real soon. Man, we got a jam-packed show tonight. All kinds of fun stuff cracking tonight. So much to get into. It has been a weird, weird weekend. Um, Obviously, we're going to get into the death of Muhammad Ali, the greatest of all time. We're going to get in some fun little sound drops with him, Howard Cosell, some BBC interviews. We're going to also get some interview uh, sound from Jack Nicklaus talking about Muhammad Ali at the Memorial Golf Tournament, which uh, Jack Nicholas started there in Columbus, Ohio. A very touching tribute there by him and Nick Faldo, by the way, as well on the TV crew, Jim Nance. Nick Faldo is from Africa. He, I think he's from Zimbabwe. I'm not sure. I'll double check that. So he, in recent interviews, has talked about actually witnessing on that continent what Ali meant to the black population. So obviously, we are going to get into that. We are also going to get into some local Minnesota news here. I mean, I am the sports governor of Minnesota, correct? So, man, we're going to get into all kinds of Minnesota news here. Big signing today for the Vikings as well. Um, We'll get into that. And also, first off, let me give it up for my main man, the X-Squad Affiliates. Make sure you're checking out the shows. XSquadAffiliates.com is the website. And, you know, from everybody, we got spicy conversations. If you want a little bit of that after dark feel, you know, you get the kids put away. You want to kind of open up that mind and talk a little S.E.X. Well, spicy conversations. Make sure you hit her up along with the Lonely Hearts Club hosted by Christopher Tracy, a.k.a. Togo Coles. 
another one of those shows. Uh, ladies, if you want to get a male's point of view on, on your relationship questions, that's the show for you. My main man cooking with the microwave, John Fisher out there in the joint. And I definitely want to make sure that, folks, you are listening to Big John Fisher. Because if you're not, not only are you missing one of the best uh, uh, hosts out there on the, on the, on the dial, you're missing one of the best rappers out there as well. Big John Fisher, ladies and gentlemen, kicking those very, very, very tight beats. So what up to the main man? And also want to welcome into the chat room here. We got the host of the next show I was going to talk about, the Kicking It With Key C show. Make sure you welcome Key C Ingram in the joint. Key C show. He tackles all the local and, and trending topics of today. Uh, so make sure you're checking him out as well, people. Man, we're doing big things and of course, the chief rocker himself, who's doing about 18 different shows on here. But the big ones, the Eat, Sleep, Grind, Repeat show, he's doing that with Mandelion. The Bottom to the Top show with John Fisher. And of course, the Monday recap. I don't know where this brother finds ch- uh, time to work here, man. But big ups to Jersey Vern. The, oh, the number one chief rocker, Jersey Vern. Where are my manners? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and of course, yours truly, the sports governor, people. You got me right here. Not only am I doing sports done right, I'm also doing the Sports and More show with my main man, Reggie Lawrence, a.k.a. DJ Dollars and Cents. And just an update on Reggie, he's actually over in Europe. His kids live in uh, Copenhagen with their mother over there. So um, uh, Reggie is taking some time out of his schedule to get over there and see his kids deal with some stuff over there. So, Reg, if you hear this, my my friend, we're behind you. We're with you. Good luck with everything over there, man. Be safe and safe travels. So big up to my co-host of the Sports and More show, Reggie Lawrence. Now, because of Reggie being in Europe, I don't think we're going to have a Sports and More show this week. So uh, that may change, but I, I told Reggie to just, you know, he needs to just chill with the kids, man. He ain't seen his kids in a minute. He ain't got to worry about hosting the, the little podcast. We got plenty of time for that when he gets back. And again, hope you guys had a great weekend. I know I did. Beautiful weather up here in the Twin Cities. Uh, well, except for uh, Friday rain. But Saturday, me and the First Lady got to go check out Dave Chappelle down at the State Theater. Man, Dave Chappelle, boy, if you get a chance, you gots to go see him. You gots to go see him. This brother, off the hook, off the hook. He he's, seems like he's done about 100 shows. He just left town after being here for about a week straight and actually debuted on Sunday, this past Sunday, over at the Riverview Theater, his uh, comedy special. So good for Dave Chappelle giving the Twin Cities some love. Or actually, I shouldn't say the Twin Cities, but uh, I will say he gave Minneapolis a lot more love than he did St. Paul. Now, he we, we call it the Twin Cities here. And he goes, I don't know about the Twin Cities. Uh, they may be fraternal twins. Uh, you know. And then he goes, well, if Minneapolis and St. Paul are female twins, St. Paul is the twins or is the twin with the little titties. So... Uh, <laughs> a little cut on the folks with St. Paul. I'm from Minneapolis, so I just laugh my ass off, man. Big ups to Dave Chappelle. Great show. Great run here in the Twin Cities. Hope he comes back soon. 
Wife had a good time, man. So make sure if he comes through your way, you're checking out Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle, one of the best comedians out there. Whoa, had a little blast there from the other side of the Situation Room. Again, I am Vince Wright, host of Sports Done Right. Make sure you're following me on Twitter at the big smooth one and also make sure that you're following sports done right on facebook w-r-i-g-h-t and we got a big brawl i'm sorry distracted here on the tv between the orioles and kansas city uh batter got hit and that was it it is on and some of these punches looking reminiscent of ali so we'll see what happens here might be some suspensions coming But keep it tuned, baby. Keep it tuned because these boys are brawling. All right. What else is going on here in the world of the sports governor? Well, we got all kinds of fun stuff today in the land of Minnesota. The other governor, Mark Dayton, his goofy butt, declared it Prince Day. And this would have been Prince's 58th birthday. So Prince, happy birthday. Rest in peace. We miss you, bro. Yeah, would have been 58 years old today, y'all. The purple one. Keep it tuned, man. Governor Goofy indeed, first lady. And speaking of which, I would like to welcome Angie right to the mix. What's going on first? Out there on the road doing her thing. So it was not only Prince's birthday, as we mentioned, Governor Mark Dayton did in fact declare it Prince Day in the state of Minnesota. So big ups to him as probably the, the best thing he's done since he's been governor. Joking. No, not really. Anyway, folks, so Prince Day here in the Twin Cities, lots of dance parties all over the country going on tonight, I guess, at a lot of clubs around the country celebrating the Purple Badness's birthday. All right, so let's get into a little, well, let's get into some Minnesota sports, shall we? And again, we already 15 minutes into it, man, show's flying tonight. We're going to get into Cleveland, why they suck, who saw this coming, I don't know, but man, them Cavaliers are horrible, and I don't know, as everybody else, I guess I was fooled uh, by the rest of them, so getting in to the Minnesota scene here, and again, this is Sports Done Right, and you're listening to me on Spreaker.com. And make sure you're also following the X-Squad affiliates, all of our shows, and the Doug Stewart Show, the one that uh, started it all for us here, Big Doug Stewart. And make sure you follow him at the Doug Stewart Show, again, on Spreaker as well. With that being said, folks, Minnesota, Kevin Garnett, 40 years old. Did you know he's set to make $8 million next year and still hasn't uh, told the team if he's going to play or not. Timberwolves are hoping to hear from him soon on his plans. Vikings ownership totally digging Mike Zimmer as the coach, folks. Now, despite his record, 18 and 14, he was 11 and 5 last year, but the owners are really digging what uh, he has done so far. And he has two years left on his contract, no extension yet. 
but keep an eye on it. My sources are telling me things may be moving on in that direction here um, by in the next few months. Hats off to the Minnesota Timberwolves since the signing of our boy Tom Thibodeau. They've almost sold a thousand uh, full season tickets. I think that is a good move there. Obviously, anytime in this town, you can get more fans at Target Center for the Timberwolves. It's a good thing. And looks like my sister actually went to Famous Dave's Barbecue. Looks like they're having a little tribute over there. So how cool is that for Prince? Gotta love that. All right, what else is going on on the Minnesota side of things here? Um, Oh, you golf fans out there for the 3M Classic, the Champions Tour, the old guys. Well, we got a new participant this year. -year 50-year-old John Daly will be making his debut at the 3M Championship. And not only him, you guys remember that cat, John or Jean Vandeville or whatever, the French guy? He's the one that uh, bit the dust at the British Open in the 1999 British Open there coming home. So he will also be making his debut at the 3M Classic. So folks locally, check out that tournament is very well run. They're going to have the Legends of Golf again on Saturday. Jack Nicholas, hoping for Arnold Palmer to be well enough to par- at least come up and maybe shake some hands, sign a few autographs. But Gary Player will be back there. All the old cats will be doing their thing. All right, what else we got going on here? And again, Vince Wright, Sports Done Right. That's what you're listening to. Uh, Tom Thibodeau plans to have Andrew Wiggins guard primary scorers on the perimeter as part of his new team defense concept. And this comes from uh, Charlie Waters column here in the TwinCities.com or St. Paul Pioneer Press. Coach says team defense starts with defensive transition, catch and shoot defense, low post defense, pick and roll defense and isolation defense. And if one guy's not doing his job, everyone's going to look bad. We have to count on each other. So there we go already, coach implementing changes, and these guys better get on board. So he, because um, you know Thibodeau don't play, man. Thibodeau don't play. And the sports governor can can attest. I, I've had sources down in Chicago tell me the same thing. He just don't mess around, but he is very well respected. All right, let's go over to the chat room here for a quick moment. The first lady, Angie Wright, the wife says, maybe you can get an interview with Daly. I would love that, and I will try because things like this is kind of what Daly likes to do. So we will definitely try and uh, tweet him directly and do what we can do to get a hold of big John Daly, folks. So keep it tuned, and we'll let you know how it goes. Angie saying hi to Jersey Vern. What else we got going on here? Oh, yes. Gopher baseball has come to a end. I want to say, give a, a shout out to them. They uh, lost in the college playoffs. They lost their elimination game 8-2 to to Texas A&M. They finished the season at 36-22, and so nice job there by the Gophers. Uh, they came back the day before to win against Binghamton University 8-5 to to keep their season going. But Texas A&M just had too much. So, again, congratulations to Gopher Baseball. All right, man. Does your wife nag you as much as mine does? I'm just curious about that. 
<laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. All right. Uh, let's see here. So we talked about, yeah, John Daly's coming through town. Oh, and folks, um, from my Burnsville, Minnesota people, did you know your former high school quarterback, Gary Berta, is the current Iowa athletic director? Just kind of one of those FYI things as well. So, folks, we are going to do this. Oh, there's the chief rocker, of course. Wow, so sad for the groundhogs, always talking his nonsense. Jersey Vern. I'm sure Jersey, hopefully a pop a call off a little later on in the show. But folks, when we get back, we are going to get into our Ali tribute. We've got some real fun sound clips when we come back from break. A lot of good stuff with Ali. And, you know, I'll just kind of tell you what I thought about Muhammad Ali as a kid coming up. You know, I, again, like most of the guys there, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in my uh, later 40s. So I caught the tail end of Ali's career, but even the tail end of his career provided me with just memories beyond relief. So let's do this. Let's get a break in here. We may even get a quick song in. When we come back, folks, we're going to have a lot of good sound from Ali. So you guys, uh, matter of fact, I will play a copyrighted song. I have permission to play. And we will come back here and do our thing. And just get set because we got a lot of fun stuff coming up here. So, again, Vince Wright, the sports governor, that is me. And, of course, uh, the song I was looking for, I cannot find. Oh, boy. All right. So, anyway, folks, let's do this. Let's take a break. We'll be right back with more Sports Done Right. If you want to hit us up um, after the Ali segment, we'll take calls then 651-968-0124. If you have thoughts on Ali, you want to share some of your own personal stories, tonight's the night. And we're going to settle in for a couple hours of fun sports talk. Keep it tuned here. Vince Wright, Sports Done Right on the SME Network. No tricks in 86, it's time to build. Check out the Doug Stewart Show Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Time right here on the Stewart Media and Entertainment Network. It's sports talk. It's guy talk. It's fun talk. Once again, that's the Doug Stewart Show. One half of the world-famous Two Live Stews, Doug Stewart. Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Time at StewartMediaAndEntertainment.com. Trust me. You'll have more fun than you can shake a stick at. And I got one question for you. Are you not entertained, huh? It's beach body season. So if you're looking to get that beach body, there's still time. With IASOT, the IASOT is a unique blend of nine all-natural herbs. Just eight ounces of tea twice daily can provide you with dramatic results and have you beach ready in no time. Place your order today at www.totallifechanges.com forward slash tea team. That's www.totallifechanges.com forward slash T-E-A-T-E-A-M or call. 678-250-5839 That's 678-250-5839 Start working on your beach body today The number one chief Rock of Jersey Burp Lonely Hearts Cafe Spicy Conversations It's Vince Wright, the sports governor from Minnesota Man, Daly Young Microwave! Reggie Long, aka Dollars and Cents. Kicking it with you. 
What up, what up, what up? Vince Wright, Sports Governor. Sorry about that hot mic. And we back. Welcome again, Sports Done Right people. Appreciate you guys hanging out with the Sports Governor. Everybody laughing, of course. Hot mic, hot mic. My bad, my bad. I got you, I got you. Anyway, Vince Wright, the sports governor, coming to you from the Situation Room deep within the executive mansion up here in the great state of Minnesota. So that's what's going down. And folks, what can we say? We lost the great one at 74, the greatest of all time, Muhammad Ali, uh, succumbing probably to the Parkinson's, I think. Uh, technically, it was some type of sepsis, basically just organ failure. Uh, what can you say? You can't really say anything. You say a whole bunch about the man. I don't know, man. It, it, Ali provided me. Well, first off, let's give the man his due. And, and before I get started, welcome in to the chat room. All the way from Alabama, our main man, Mr. 334-Bama boy. We appreciate you stopping by Sports Done Right tonight. Well, let's just see what the champ has to say. The world heavyweight champion is the man who can whoop every man in the world. He's superior to all men physically in the ring. And at this time, I can physically whip every man in the world. Have never been whipped. I whooped Sonny Liston fair and square. Def- whooped him twice. A man who they said was unbeatable. Defended the title 11 times. Went to every country. Fought uh, challenges from every country. Gave everybody a chance. No return clauses in my contracts. And I'm known as the established heavyweight champion of the whole world. I'm the fastest, the classiest, uh, the most scientific and ranked as the fastest heavyweight in history. And it's impossible for someone to say, I am dethroned when I haven't been whooped. Now, the the title was taken away from you because you refused to go into the army, and uh, there is a chance that you could go to to jail for this. Oh, I knew that when I stuck up for the Islamic belief, uh, 1,000% that I would catch precious. And many people, religious people in the past, Jesus spent some time in jail, Moses spent some time in jail, uh, Noah, Lot, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad Ali himself, Martin Luther King, all men who stand up for their beliefs in a society where that uh, is not understood or is misrepresented, naturally they suffer punishments, but in the end they're always much greater after they serve the time. You'd rather do this than, for instance, leave the country and live uh, live abroad. Oh, I'll never leave the country. I've had many offers to leave the country to go to other countries to be citizens of their governments. But my people are here. The 22 million people struggle for freedom, justice, and equality. I have the image. I can do a lot to help, in jail or not. If all goes well and uh, and you don't go to jail, I understand you. If I don't you... go to jail, I'll be on my comeback trail. I'll make them scuffle with the shuffle. And that is the man, the myth, the legend, Muhammad Ali. 
That is uh, from a BBC interview back in the late 1960s there. Uh, obviously before he went to jail, but Cassius Clay, as he was born, Muhammad Ali, as he lived life and became a, a, a legend of the entire planet, born in the great city of Louisville, Kentucky, which is about to host a phenomenal funeral fit for a king like Muhammad Ali. So I, I really cannot wait to see this. Uh, while sad, we don't like the like funerals, but this is going to be something. So Ali born in... Louisville, Kentucky, where the infamous story is a kid stole his bike. He was very angry. He was going to go get the kid, beat him up. He met a police officer who said, you know what, if that's what you're going to do, you're going to need to learn how to throw a punch correctly. So lo and behold, he started training a very, very young Muhammad Ali. And I guess the rest is history, folks. Ali, you know, it started in the 60s. You know, he, he beat Floyd Patterson. He, he beat, obviously, Sonny Liston when he shook up the world, which was phenomenal. Like I'm quiet to you. As loud as I'm hollering, you call me quiet. Well, this is a report we heard from I'm Michael. hollering loud because I can back up every word. And I'll whoop any man in the world. And I want everybody out there on TV to know it. I am the greatest. <laughs> he sure was. So Muhammad Ali, man, what he well, first off, what did he mean to the gov? Now, again, I come from that age where we caught him. Now, I ain't going to be up here and pull a Stephen A. Smith. My real first recollection, and I got a little list here of Muhammad Ali's fights. My first real recollection of, of a true Ali fight was him and Ken Norton at Yankee Stadium. And I'm trying to find what year that was. I think it was 76. So I'm looking here. It might have been 75. Um, that was the one I remembered. And funny story was, I thought even back then that Ali might have lost that fight. And I remember actually talking to my dad about that. And I don't know if my dad remembers this. Um, I, but I thought Ali might have lost that fight. And as I look at it in history, it gets a little closer every time I watch it now. Ken, Nor Ken Norton who um, a, a tremendous fighter in his own right, people. Actually, in their first fight, he fought Ali three times as well. He broke Ali's jaw in the first fight. Yeah, and RC, thank you, RC. Uh, oh, did I introduce our main man, the boxing historian, a big boxing fan like uh, the Gov here? Ronald Cameron is in the chat room from Duluth, Minnesota. What's up, big RC in the house? Chief Rocker, I was two years old in 1971 when that's when uh, Jersey Vern says it was his first look at Ali. So, yeah, thank you, RC. 76, I was uh, seven years old, and I just remembered the spectacle that was Ali, the, the ring walk, just everything. Yankee Stadium packed to the rims, old Yankee Stadium. And, man, I just I wanted Ali to win so bad. I was caught up in the aura already. Now, I grew up watching replays of the Ali interviews with Cosell. I grew up seeing some of these live. And that's one of the great things about Ali. People, you know, we'll get into, you know, his, his religion. We'll get into all the works that he did around the world. I mean, now, you know, there's obviously too many to mention here. 
But a couple things that I wanted to touch on is for that Ken Norton fight. I met Ken Norton. I put the picture on the on my Facebook page, uh, or excuse me, the Sports Done Right Facebook page. Again, this is Sports Done Right with the, the Sports Governor Vince Wright on Spreaker.com. And you can also find us on our website, xsquadaffiliates.com as well. Thank you. I met Ken Norton at a signing before the Tyson Bruno 2 fight in 1996 out in Vegas, MGM Grand. And I get up to him and, you know, he had slowed down a little bit, but he was still comprehending things. And he kind of gave me the stare and he gets up and kind of jumps up at me. And I'm like, oh, man, Ken Norton, big dude. (laughs) But I said, and this is what won him over and I'll never forget it. He got up and I said, I know you think you're bad, champ, but I still think you got robbed at Yankee Stadium. And man, Kid Norton was like putty in my hands. He just got the biggest smile on his face. He goes, you got the right you. I was robbed. And man, he, I, it was like I was his best friend for the next three minutes. So I asked him about Ali. I said, what was the toughest thing to fight about the, you know, the champ? He goes, those fists were always in your face. Ali rarely worked the body, it seemed, but the fists were so fast, he just peppered them off your head, off your face, the jab, the the hooks, and he just said it was just amazing the speed that the guy had, the footwork, and, and he said, you know, I, I, I know we've, we banter back and forth, but he said he's the greatest for a reason, and that's coming from Ken Norton, people. Ali, let's bring it back to history. 1960 light heavyweight gold medalist in Rome. So from the Olympics on, his teenage years, golden gloves, Ali's always been a winner. Obviously, big mystery on what he actually did with the gold medal. There's the infamous legend that he threw it into the river off the bridge down there in Louisville. Um, You know, nobody really seems to know, to be honest with you. And just so uh, you know, Clay actually made his amateur boxing debut way back in 1954 with the Kentucky Golden Gloves. He won two National Golden Gloves titles as well. So again, Ali has just always been a winner from day one. Let me get into this chat room here a little bit uh, because the thing that Ali, that we're going to talk about next is his relationship with Howard Cosell, how these two literally backed each other up. From, from different walks of life. And it was Cosell who first called him Muhammad Ali. It was Cosell who said, what would you like me to call you? And Ali said, Muhammad Ali. And from there on, not only did Cosell embrace it, we know about their relationship, the banner back and forth. Uh, two good friends, two guys that, that really did help make each other and help make the legend. Can you, you know, Ali, all those uh, little rhymes and everything that he would say in those interviews and Cosell going right back at him, you know. So let's take a little listen to that as well. And again, folks, you're listening to Sports Done Right. Well, Howard Cosell, he, what he was doing was uh, this fella making all this noise is Howard Cosell. What, what he was doing, Howard... Good luck. I hope it's not an act. I hope you mean it. If it's an act, just look at my record and see if there have the other fights been acts. Have they been acts? Not so far. Well, what makes you think I'm acting? 
<laughs> and with that final stage of the act. This is unexpected. I didn't know you would invite me to do this. Oh, hold it. You must be on boxing position and just have a little dance like we're boxing in, in just for one second. I have to time it. And for one second. <laughs> like that, see? Whom would you like to fight and where and when? I'd like to fight whoever you think's the best, the number one man. I'd say he's Zoe Foley. I'm not sure that there's anybody left, really, for you to fight. You. That may come about someday. Thank you for coming Just on. stay in shape. Are you taking Zora Foley too lightly? Why would you say that? Because every indication has been that you're confident that you can beat Zara. Confident I can whoop all of you. This ain't nothing new. My image is being confident. What you're trying to make it look like something new for? I'm always confident I can whoop all of them. You're being extremely truculent. Whatever truculent means, if that's good, I'm that. Well, I'll tell you, Cosell, I've been taking oxygen because I needed the oxygen. What you will see is I won't need the oxygen tonight. I'm ready. I want you so bad, I just get tired. I I done made you great in this country, and you still pop it off. I want you bad. Wait, let's get the facts straight. I made you. You made me. Nobody knew you. You made me. I took a poor little kid from Lowerville and and made me. Let's put it on the table. Anybody who didn't watch football didn't know you. (laughs) Come on, it gets back with the interview now. Number two. The body is now aging. You ready? A shell of what it used to be. What am I going to do? Yes. The man's beset by fear. What are you going to do to George Foreman? <laughs> he just said the man's body is not what it used to be. The man is beset by fear. Talking about me. Are you crazy? If I had a lower IQ, I could enjoy your interview. <laughs> As you say, it was extraordinary. It was still a good fight. Yeah, it was a good fight. But the soccer fight, how would I dance 12 rounds three years later? I got the films if you don't believe it. I saw it. I called it. You thought that fight was no contest. You're not as dumb as you look. Yeah, buddy. Oh, man. Memories in the corners of my mind. That's right, man. And before we continue on about the life and fights and legend of the late great Muhammad Ali, I'd like to welcome Sluggo and Grego up in this joint. And I would also like to welcome the one and only Stagger. Stagger Lee's in the house, ladies and gentlemen. What's up, Stagger? All right, so RC says Norton blew it by coasting in the 15th round. I had it even after 14, but Ali won the last round in the fight on my scorecard. And I'm going to check that fight out again this weekend, RC. I kind of tend to agree with you. I remember it kind of going that way. Uh, looks like chat room's kind of welcoming uh, Sluggo and Grego in here as well as Stagger Lee. So, again, Stagger, appreciate you dropping by, my friend. Stagger, the greatest line stepper of them all. He is absolutely right there. And, of course, we can't get through a night without hearing from the lovely Spicy. You are listening to Sports Done Right with your host, Vince Wright, right here on Spreaker.com. Oh, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. All right. Oh, and look who just joined us as well. Ladies and gentlemen, up and out your seats for King 50. Love, King. 
We're just talking to little Muhammad Ali here on Sports Done Right. So we talk about Ali. He coasted to a 19-0 and record as he started early in his career. Wins over Jim Robinson, Alonzo Johnson, Doug Jones, Henry Cooper. A lot of names you haven't heard of. But uh, he also went and boxed against his former trainer, Mr. Archie Moore, in 1962. Uh, most of these fights really didn't make a, amount to a hill of beans, as they say. But then, late 1963, he's the top contender. He's ready to go. And he wants Sonny Liston, baby. He wants Big Sonny. So the fight is set. And, you know, he started calling him the bear. That's where all the fun stuff started. Uh, all these nicknames started. He also fought Floyd Patterson. And because now Liston killed Floyd Patterson in two rounds. That's, that was also part of this setup. Um, as he was known in Cassius Clay, Muhammad Ali was a 7-1 underdog, so... This victory over the bear, as he called him, was just absolutely huge, and nobody thought the kid can do it. Now, people talked about Ali's antics were meant to get into the head of Sonny Liston, and guess what? I think they worked. I think it, it absolutely worked. So I thought it was all part of the game plan. I, I've heard of people from Ali's camp talk about that, to, to rattle this guy who seemed very stoic, like... You know, you could not penetrate Sonny Liston. He was almost like the uh, the first version of a Mike Tyson in a, in, a, in a wee bit of a sense, so to speak. And folks, I'll get out there in that chat room here in a minute. I appreciate you guys hanging. So, Ali comes, and obviously we know that he beat Sonny Liston in that fight. Major upset. There's all kind of shenanigans in the fight. There was some type of mystery ointment that Ali's corner claimed that Liston's people put on his gloves, on his shoulders, so Ali's eyes became affected for a couple rounds, and then ironically, Sonny Liston came back in those rounds, but Ali was able to get that stuff out of his eyes and continue. Um, you know, I, and what, what made me ponder there is just how long, you know, he, he started fighting in 54. I think that that kind of gets lost in the shuffle as well. When we talk about, unfortunately, the later effects and uh, the Parkinson's and whatnot. Obviously, the three thrilling fights with Joe Frazier. Boxing gold. Boxing glory. Stagger Lee says, Howard Cosell said, I made you. I bet he said the same thing about Art Monk when he said, Oh, come on. Look at the little black monkey run. Now, there's Stagger, the line stepper, in red, already in good form tonight. Now, those three fights were just phenomenal. The first fight, or, or hold on, let's back up here, because we got to talk about Ali joining the Nation of Islam and how this then went into him, his uh, objection to the war, so... He starts meeting with folks from the Nation of Islam. Malcolm X becomes a good friend, convinces him to join. And from there, obviously, he dumped the name Cassius Clay. As we said, Howard Cosell was the first to organ or to um, or realize this and go with the name Muhammad Ali. Now, Ali 
who started speaking up at college campuses. He started becoming very, very outspoken. And with the name change, half of, of you know, the country was already set against him. At this time, Islam, you know, you think Trump's trying to make it bad now. Islam back in the mid-60s, whole different thing in terms of what was known about it, the perceptions of it, and especially the black Muslims. So when he comes and starts touring college campuses, folks, and again, you're listening to Vince Wright, the sports governor on the Stewart Media and Entertainment Network. You know, he becomes a real threat in some people's eyes because he's effective. And even a lot of his detractors realized that they may not agree with his points of view, but they realized that people were listening to Muhammad Ali. RC in the chat room says Sonny Liston was a bad dude inside and out of the ring. Foreman, uh, Foreman was Liston's, Liston's sparring partner. That's right. Oh, there's Stagger Lee out there again. <laughs> Your mama named you Cassius. I'm going to call you Cassius. Stop that. Stagger. So with that, he objects to the war in Vietnam. Trial begins, he's stripped of his championship, and he is basically uh, barred from boxing for three and a half years. And folks, what I want you to realize about this time frame is this was his prime physical shape. This was, oh, this was him at his physical peak. And imagine, folks, he has to sit down for three and a half damn years because he objected to a war that basically the majority of the country maybe i i think probably objected to at that time and you know excuse the language but as he said no Viet Cong ever called me nigger why am i going to go over there and kill all of them for you won't defend him or as he says you won't defend me and my country speaking of the the, the white majority i can't go and eat at a, at a restaurant where you won't allow me to and you want me to go fight this war? And folks, in a time like today where athletes, you know, where we have more instances to really stand up and talk like a Muhammad Ali and to raise your voice and step up there. If you are a principled person, people will listen to you. If you are a principled person, people will listen to you. They may not agree with you all the time. And that's what happened in Ali's case. He spit facts at you. Facts that were quite honestly undeniable at the time. And his legend begins to grow. Think of this. This is a boxer we're talking about. And this guy's going to have a, a, a funeral this weekend that, that rivals kings and queens and presidents. Think of the true outreach of Muhammad Ali. You know, every sports writer it seems in the country has an Ali story that has met that have met him. Even here in Minneapolis and St. Paul, I've, I, that's all I've been listening to all week on the local sports talk here. Everybody talking about when they met Ali, running into Ali here, Ali when he came through the Twin Cities a couple times, you know, having dinner, interviewing them. This is truly one of the 
top five passings in sports history. And those years that they robbed this man of, of truly being the elite champion, in my opinion, and RC, I'd love to know what you think out there, of, of robbing him of his prime physical being and probably dominating that heavyweight division for those three and a half years that he was gone. Because, hey, like Mike Tyson, he was never the same when he came back. He was not the same physical being when he came back. Yeah, he won. But that first fight with Frazier took a toll on him as well. Frazier, the infamous left hook that dropped him late in the fight and, and totally gave the fight to Frazier at that point. Think about that. Three and a half years, he's off. He comes back. He loses to Joe Frazier. He comes back. He fights Frazier two more times. He wins. And, you know, he goes on and he, you know, he knocks out uh, Jerry Corey in 1972. Jerry Corey, you know, a rough and tumble uh, fighter. Uh, he, he, Jerry Corey is a gatekeeper. You know, he's, he's uh, like a number four or five ranked guy and you got to go through him to get to the champion. So Ali had fights. You know, he uh, fought Floyd Patterson in uh, 72 again. He fought, as we said, he had three fights with Ken Norton that he won two of. Ron Lyle. Man, just on and on and on it goes. And as we move through the 70s, and another memory that I have of, of the champion unfortunately was not one of his finer moments. I remember literally crying when he lost to Leon Spinks. Oh, we got a caller on the line here. Caller, are you there? Who do we got on the line? What it be, what it be, gang? Number one, Chief Rocky Jersey Burn. What it be, like? Let's get the song going. Ladies and gentlemen, all the way from Atlanta, GA. You know him as the number one chief rocker in the land. He is Jersey Vern. What's up, sir? Hey, man. Ain't nothing, man. Uh, contribute to Ali, man. Uh, no matter how wrong it goes, man, he's going to be talked about for at least the rest of this month, man, because uh, he was the greatest, bro. You know? Oh, That's real. And, um, without a doubt, I, Jersey. I, hey, share, share some of your stories, brother. Uh, well, uh, I was in fifth grade when his biggest fight he fought um, Joe Frazier in the garden, man. That was about, that was the fight where all the big time gangsters came out and people um, right. with big time money, man. I, I remember uh, uh, Walt Frazier walking in with that uh, big old fur coat. Now, I, yeah. I don't remember it live. I've seen the videos of it. And, um, you know, that first Frazier fight, Frank Sinatra was the official photographer, man. It was crazy. Yeah, um, I was the only one in my fifth grade class, man, that went with Frazier, man. Um, I know just uh, at that time, man, you know, Ali was so confident that, you know, Frazier held the best. Right. And that was one of the, I mean, Norton and um, Muhammad Ali had three of the greatest fights, but that fight was a history fight there, man, because nobody had Frazier winning that fight, man. But Frazier came out there. He was like Rocky, you know. Well, Rocky, you know, that kills me, guy. People always talk about 
how Rocky was, uh, Joe Frazier was Rocky of all time, but Rocky movies ain't come out until after all that was done, you know. So, if anything, Rocky, uh, I told Joe Frazier was from Philadelphia, he copied Joe Frazier's style in those movies. The same type of fire. Yeah, yeah. So, that's why I never understood that, man. But, uh, yeah, man, um, I'm out here. I bet it all. I lost money on him so many times, man, to the point. I said, man, I got to start going with him because, you know, he's unbelievable, man. Because, you know, those fights that he did lose, I won a little money, but then he came back and beat the guy two times or one more time. And, and you know, I was like, well, ain't nobody going to beat this guy. But, um, yeah, he, he's a great guy, man. He, he definitely was a great guy. And, like, um, everybody said, wherever he goes, he always, uh, especially in New York, man, he did a lot of benefits in New York, you know, for the kids. The, uh, the people want him to come speak to the kids. He can't speak to the kids. I mean, he did so much that's not being talked about. You know, all they're talking about is, is how he how he always uh, just talk and talk and talk. But he talked the talk and he walked it too. And it also came out of his pockets. You know what I'm saying? So it, he needs to get that respect from now on in. You know, people stop looking at one because you know, I hear all different types of sports radio, you know, and like New York, other places, right? And um, certain people, man, come on there. Uh, well, he he didn't go to the army. He raided the army. He's not a good American citizen. You know, that this man did, man. This man did a lot, man. Come on, you know, exactly. they're hating on him. Exactly, folks. And again, we got the number one chief rocker on sports done right here. I appreciate Jersey calling in, sharing his thoughts on the late great Muhammad Ali, the greatest of all time. Jersey, I agree with you, man. I, you know, there's so much we don't know about that he's done that I'm sure he's kept out of the private or the public eye. You know, obviously for the folks down there in Atlanta, you know, you you gotta love seeing him. Uh, with those hands shaking and whatnot, still taking that Olympic torch and lighting that cauldron and watching that thing fly on up there and lighting the, the Olympic torch. You know, we can sit here all night, Chief, and talk about Ali and this and that and what he did and what he meant. And that's exactly the point I'm trying to make to people is this is a boxer. I mean, you know, boxing in today's world, Chief, you know, don't carry a lot of weight with people. And that's what this man meant to the entire world. And, and you know what is forgotten? Uh, Ali didn't fight these fights like these cats right here, knocking guys out third, fourth, fifth round. They, they fight. They was conditioned to go 15 rounds. Them rounds didn't go less than 12 rounds. And, and, chief, I, time, and chief, man. you know, and to add on to what you're saying, man, and I'll let you get back to your point. In 1976, Ali fought four times. He fought uh, Ken Norton in there and uh, three other guys who people don't really know a lot about. In 1975, he fought four times. I mean, you don't get that nowadays, man. Nah. You know, a lot of nah. these fighters fight once, twice. That's it. And like you said, he's doing it 15 rounds. Yeah, yeah. These guys today, like I was saying, I see in the chat room, man. These guys today, they, after 12 rounds, they die. They can't even make 12. Some of them, you know, these days, man, they be burned out. So to go 15 right rounds, pick up still boxes back in that day that went 15 rounds, man, because a lot of them used to take it to the 15th, man. And, you know, that has to be brutal, man. 15 rounds? Wow, oh, bro. Man. Can you imagine that? I mean, 
I, I, I've, I've sparred like two rounds and have been ready to be, you know, fit for the wheelchair, Chief. I couldn't imagine going 15. That's crazy. Shoot, man, man, shoot. That boxing, you got to be in good condition, man. You know what I'm saying? You got to wake up early in the morning and get that job done, you know. Hey, right, you sure do. Now, Chief, let me ask you, man, because, the, you know, I talked a little bit about the Ken Norton trilogy. We're obviously talking about uh, the Frazier trilogy here and, and you know the thrill in Manila here is 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 the fight where they literally beat each other to death. Uh, both oh, of yeah. these fighters spent time in the hospital afterwards. I don't even know how they left the ring. I mean, and plus fighting down there in the Philippines, hot, humid, you know. Oh yeah. And and yeah. again, going yeah. to the fourteenth round where Frazier couldn't answer the bell. Man, what what are your thoughts on the thriller on Manila or thriller in Manila? Hey, I'm going to tell you what, man. They threw more punches than Fred Mayweather throw in a year. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Preach, exactly. <laughs> yeah, they threw more punches, man. They, they threw so many punches, man. You know how they do punch count here? Man, they would have they broke the media, man. That's how many punches they broke. It's, uh, they threw. But this is the thing. Ali, if it wasn't for Frazier, left hand hook, he had the baddest left hand hook in boxing. You know, if Frazier, um, if Frazier didn't take too many punches to the head, man, uh, Frazier would have held that belt for longer than what he held it, you know, because when he beat Ali, man, um, he came back and, and lost the belt. Um, I, I can't remember who, but, uh, I think it was Norton. He, he just, he just, he just ain't had good defense, but you always have to watch out for that left hook, man. That left hook used to pick people off the ground, man. You oh, know? yeah, yeah uh, exactly. And, uh, folks, the Chief Rocker here joining the Sports Governor of Minnesota, Vince Wright, on Sports Done Right here on the Stewart Media and Entertainment Network. So, yeah, man, you talk about that left hook, man. He was the precursor to Tyson. Joe Frazier, and, and, and just to diverge a little bit from, from Ali, People don't realize just how good Joe Frazier was. No, they don't realize that, man. That man was, uh, he was, he was terrible, man. I mean, uh, Ali, you know what? And he won't have a minute, but in closed doors, I think it was in the book. Ali said Frazier had him up a lot of nights before their fight because he always was thinking about that left hook coming, that left hook. Right. That left hook is what broke his jaw in the garden. That's right. Like that. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So, you know, he, that's what we always thought about, that left hook, that left hook, you know. But no matter what you do, like like Mike Tyson said, you always got a game plan until you get that ring. You never know when that left hook is coming, you know. So, you know, I don't care how much all these trainers told him, as Rodas did, and all of them in the corner told him what to do. Shit, man, when it came down to him trying to find where that left hook was coming from, it was too late because mm-hmm. he was getting tapped, tapped, tatted and all the cops. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, then Frazier walked into a real, real monster in George Foreman, and we all know what happened there. He was not well suited to fight Big George. Yeah, well, see, if, if you if, if you ain't uh, a person that can move around like Ali, uh, it wasn't too many heavyweights that can move around like Ali. Right. So everybody, everybody Frazier yeah. for. I mean, everybody that Foreman fought, I mean, he had, he had the advantage of man, because George Foreman wasn't doing no moving, man. He was just throwing them. George Foreman had some of the biggest arms in boxing, man. He was just throwing them haymakers, man. He was sure enough hitting one, boy. He was, 
people were showing up hitting that canvas after he hit him, man. That's why I understand why he fought Ali the way he fought him, man. You know, but I, hey. Well, that's then, the infamous know. rope-a-dope came into play. And just literally, as I watched um, a few rounds of that last night, you know, preparing for the show tonight, Chief Rocker. And, man, that's exactly what happened. I mean, Foreman just threw himself out. And, again, they're down in Africa. It's hot. It's humid. I, I believe it was pretty hot down there during the, during that fight. And he just punched himself out. And Ali got just enough in because I still don't think if you look at the highlight of that punch, it doesn't seem like that's a punch that really knocks a, a fighter out that Ali landed. It is a knockdown punch. But it did knock down Big George. And I don't know if George just wanted to stay down or if he was truly knocked the F out um, by Ali. You got knocked the fuck out, man. No, I think, uh, I think he didn't want to. He didn't, he didn't want to. He didn't want to. He didn't want no more, man. Because Ali, Ali took Farmer hard before the fight, man. Hey, you know, uh, because Chief of interesting. People, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead, brother. Go ahead. I got I got a from Because all, all them people down there was Ali, Ali. And, and Foreman just felt so lonely, you know what I'm saying? Because there was one time he wanted to back out the fight because he tried to say he was, you know, he was hurt or, or ill or whatever. But, but no, he was just depressed, man, because, you know, everybody was for Ali. So I think Foreman went in there, you know, scared at the beginning, man. He didn't have no faith, man. He just he just lost his heart, man. And, you know, if you ain't heartless and you come in there against a strategist, which Muhammad Ali was, He's not going to win the fight, and that's what happened. He just got out strategized. And Sluggo, the the hammer, the chief uh, justice out there in in the uh, X Squad Nation, brings up a very good point. He call he says it's a knockout punch when fatigue is in the question. And again, yeah, you know, fighting in that hot, humid African sub-Saharan heat, I'm sure that that definitely, like I said, took a toll on Big George because he was winging them, them punches, just like Ali said in um, When We Were Kings. Remember, you know, he was, he was doing his imitation of Foreman, throwing those big, wide-open punches, and that's exactly what George did. And that's another thing. All these boxers today don't take their fights to the Philippines, Africa, all the different Ali countries. Ali was that, a um, world champion, and that's why he's being celebrated as such. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what's up, man. So nobody ever can take that title away from him as being that I'll care for it, one fifty and break Roxy Rockano um record. But uh he'll never be the greatest of all time, which he's trying to proclaim, you know. Absolutely. Troy got a long way to go, man. Now, Chief, I wanna to talk to you here a little bit. Um you know, we've talked about the famous fights, you know, Norton, Frazier. Then he goes to fight um, an up-and-coming, a former Olympic gold medal winner himself named Leon Spinks. And, oh, yes. Oh, man. And, I, and, and let me tell you something here, man. When, when that fight happened, Chief Rocker, and again, I got the number one Chief Rocker on Sports Done Right with the sports governor, man, I nearly cried. I nearly cried. You, you I know what, man? I Leon Spinks, and nobody, and nobody ain't going to say this, and you know this is just so you can tell people that you ain't you don't take uh you don't take no credit for what I'm saying you know because I'm gonna say it. Leon Spinks was higher than the check that fight man. You know he was <laughs> oh, feeling no pain man. He was feeling no pain. And <laughs> Allegedly he was, in, he was in real good shape. 
You know what I'm saying? Oh, I think Ali was in the best shape, best fight. But uh, Spence just, you know, I, I, I fought him that day, you know, because he was a fair man. Hey, man, Leon Spence was hiding in the kite, man. You no, know, they, they mentioned it, but they would never test him or nothing like that. Back then, they wasn't testing like they test now. And you here's know? the thing for, and I just want to give a backdrop to this because, you know, when I say this, people would totally think that there's no way that, first off, that Leon Spinks should have ever been fighting Muhammad Ali, but Leon Spinks had had only seven professional fights, Chief Rocker, to his credit. Um, right. Up until that point here in my notes, I wrote, you know, he had recently fought a, a draw with actually Minnesota heavyweight Scott Ledoux. And, you know, Ali sparred less than two dozen rounds in preparation for the fight. He was seriously out of shape. I always thought he was out of shape. And he lost uh, that title on a split decision. And that's all it was, man. He just didn't take Leon Spink seriously and paid a price. Yeah. Uh, as he said, uh, Richard Price said, uh, he, he always joke about um, Leon Spink with a dollar and 50 cents of cocaine and started before the fight. <laughs> oh, uh, that's funny, man. That's funny. But, uh, <laughs> hey, man, you know, the fight Ali lost, uh, he took him to heart because he went back, he trained hard and came back and did what he had to do, you know. So I look at it like this. The fights he lost, he know why he lost them. And he ain't lose too many of them like he did to trade that first fight, you know. So, um, you know, he always lost by decisions or whatever. But that first fight, man, that was – man, you can never stop talking about that fight, man. I've got that fight in my head, man. That's how – which I really enjoyed that fight, you know. And now uh, I'm older than older Stephen A. Smith, so Stephen A. Smith can't sit back and say I'm lying, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a understanding that he did, you know. <laughs> Chief <laughs> Rocker real, ain't man. lying, y'all. We got the Chief Rocker here. Uh, a few more, just a couple more questions for you, Chief. Now, th- obviously there was the rematch with Spinks. Um, you, if I remember correctly, and I watched a couple rounds that I was able to track down, um, and just from the notes, basically kind of a uninspired rematch. Ali did win a unanimous decision down in New Orleans. At the time, they had set um, major box office records, and then I remember that pay-per-view because they fought that at the Superdome. But that was the fight that made him the very first three-time linear heavyweight champion of the world. And, and you know what? Leon Spinks went out there just like Buster Douglas did when he beat Mike Tyson. They were so shocked they won. They got all that money, and they just went out there and party like it was 1999, and President Lee had nothing to do with that. You know what I'm saying? He said, I made this record. That's where you got to blow your money like that. I made this because we party and celebrate dancing. They party and go out there and celebrate other things, you know? So, uh, hey, man, you know, if, if you're going to be a true champion, man, what you do, if he won that fight, he should have went in the gym and said, well, I got over that one. Let me go in the gym and work harder because if I got close to him there, if he won a rematch, I'm going to have to be more super ready for him. No, he, he took it like a joke, man. He came in and got his butt beat, man. Hey, you know? you're, you're absolutely right, Chief. And uh, let me bring it up to the Larry Holmes fight here as a – um, I'm coming up against it on the break here, but I definitely wanted to get your opinion on a couple more questions. The Larry Holmes fight. Right. Now, I don't know if you've seen the the uh, the 30 for 30 on that that ESPN did, but it is uh-huh. shocking 
Chief Rocker. And if people, if you have not seen this, go to YouTube, go wherever it is, the ESPN website. And I don't give ESPN a lot of love, but this one was phenomenal. You actually see the physical deterioration of Ali as he is training for the Larry Holmes fight. It almost brought tears to my eyes, Chief Rocker, to see Muhammad Ali. He could barely hit the the speed bag. He couldn't hit that speed bag three times in a row to save his life. He was bounced around by his sparring partners. Um, you know, hitting the, the heavy bag like he was two years old. And obviously the slurred speech had already started to settle in. Not much, but it had already started. And, you know, for Larry Holmes, obviously a former sparring partner to the champ, you know, it, you know, we all knew it was probably going to be a mismatch going in. But to actually see Larry Holmes have to do what he did that night, Chief Rocker, literally brought tears to my eyes. You know what? I, I I blame his people, man, because I don't care. Andrew Dundee and uh, everybody in that corner, anybody had anything to do with Alvy, Chitoro, Champ, don't do it. Give it up. And this story about his health, man. You know what I'm saying? I understand how he called the shot, but you cannot let a man go in there and he's not training like he used to train. How are you going to let him go in there and fight? You know? So, and, you know, Larry Holmes was at his best then, man. Larry Holmes was the Eastern Assassin, but he was taking people out. And Holmes didn't even want to hear him no more, man. And, and not only that, man, Larry Holmes had the best jab in heavyweight history, in my humble yeah. opinion. Oh, he did. He did. He definitely did, man. You know, because he studied, he studied Ali. A lot of people that came up after Ali, they studied Ali. You know, Sugar Ray Lennon. You know, uh, a lot of other boxes, man. Tommy Hitman Hearns, he had to have a fine jab, you know, and whatnot. But, um, yeah, man, um, I wouldn't let him win in there, man. You know, that was that was shameful right there. And, you know, it broke a lot of people's hearts for him to be in that condition out there in that ring like that, man. But, uh, you know, that was a big mistake then. But you can't bring it back, take it back. You just All you can do is say the man was a warrior. He didn't care. He fought anybody, any condition, any time. The first, the chief rocker, ladies and gentlemen, up in here preaching. Very well said, my friend. Now, um, let me just get, while you're on here, there's a couple chats I want to read here from R.C., uh, the boxing historian himself and a very fine boxing writer. And keep an eye because he drops his own little blog every once in a while. Now, R.C. says, my dad and my oldest brother went to the closed circuit theater to watch Ali Holmes. And when he came home, he was pissed off. When I saw the replay, I cried like a baby. I was 10 years old. Wow. That, and, and you know what? I went to that, I went to that closed circuit, too, man. Because, see, people don't know, man, this world these days, you get paid review, you can be home. You had to go to a movie theater. You don't even know if the thing was going to show good. Some places the thing didn't even come on. You didn't pay your money. You may catch right. it in the fifth round. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. yeah. This wasn't technology it like terrible. it is today. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you um, that 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 was a sight to see, man. And there was a lot of people. that was pissed in there. They was calling homes every day, but the baby Jesus, you know. <laughs> That's yeah. real. Yeah, absolutely. And then after the Holmes fight, he did fight one more time to future heavyweight trip. Uh, champion Trevor Burbick. He lost the 10 round decision there as well. Finally, by uh, the grace of God, he decided to hang it up for good as uh, that was in 1981. 
And obviously the, the Parkinson's uh, started to creep in, and, and we know the, the history of what happened to the champ. So, um, Chief Rocker, before I get you out of here, um, I, first I wanted to thank you for calling in, man, and taking a few minutes to talk about Muhammad Ali because you come from that, that yes, you know, that, that uh, age group. And, and just like me, man, you know, Ali has touched everybody. But while I got you on the line, man, I, let me just get a couple NBA questions in here before I let you go. Um, what, are you, what are you seeing so far here, man, in this final series? Okay, well, now what I see, I see Cleveland went out to Golden State, didn't want to play, wasn't ready, underestimated, got that ass kicked. You know what the NBA messed up at? The NBA gives too many days in between the next game. Right. You know, they have so much time to adjust, watch film, adjust, watch film, work on who they need to have in there. Tyrone Lewis, if you're listening, let that boy, uh, uh, what's his name, the center that's off the bench, seven-footer, let him play because last year he played his heart out in the finals. Let him get in there and let him start banging on green, banging on bogey. And then you let um, um, Tristan Thompson come in and finesse him. You know, right now, Tristan, Tristan Thompson is getting outplayed. And they should realize that. LeBron, LeBron, if I was you and you're the captain of the team, I'm calling you out right now, LeBron. And I like LeBron. I like LeBron. I was on one of the only ones back in the days when he came out of high school said he's going to do something in the NBA. And everybody's like, he shouldn't get what he's getting, you know. And then he's not proving this and that. But LeBron, you need to go in there and tell your team either you step it up or you walk away now. I'll play this shit by myself. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And Chief Rocker, we got some breaking news here. Unfortunately, sad news uh, coming off the wire. It looks like former NBA player Sean Rooks has passed away. Wow. Wow, he he used to go to um, he went to the University of Arizona. Yeah, yeah, man, it has been a weird weekend. And on, oh, by the way, rest in peace to Kimbo Slice as well, man. I mean, right. what's going on? Right. They say Cubs and Threes look like Thurs now. Yeah, you know? man, it, it, this is crazy, man. This is crazy. But you know what, man? Uh, Cleveland gonna win at home, man. Okay, well, nobody say. Uh, so? You know, you know, I, I know that cat that uh, we listened to early, um, BJ. I know him because you know he used to work with a cat from ESPN doing a uh, podcast, right? And I can't think of the guy he's on ESPN, ESPN now. Either ESPN or Fox Five he's with now. Okay. But anyway, uh, BJ is the type of guy, you know, he get on there and he talk what he knows and he talk good shit. But the thing is. Did he ever say that Cleveland's going to get swept? Right. Much as he dogged Cleveland out, did he say he was going to get swept? I. No, he did. No. He did. He did. Because when, when that guy from Connecticut got called up, that works up in ESPN, when he called up and said that Cleveland's going to get swept, he said, oh, man. You know, like, I, I can't say that. You know, Cleveland's not going to get swept. It's going to seven games. Because the NBA won't make no money if this thing go four or five. Right. You know, if anything, it'll go six, but Cleveland's going to push it to seven because Cleveland will not lose home. And uh, I see Snuggle put out there that you shouldn't ask me this question because I see colors and apples and uh, apple glasses. 
nurse level, nurse level, just because this team lost the first two games and the second one bad. Okay, look how San Antonio came out on OKC. What happened at that? It woke them up. You do not wake up a sleeping giant because you know why? They gonna jump on them these next two games like all that shit they didn't go to stay they gonna lie until they go back home. You know what you yeah. A very good point, Chief. And, Chief, I got to let you go, man, as we're kind of up against it here. But, okay. hey, brother, thank you so much, as always, my friend, for joining us. Uh, have a good night. And uh, what you sipping on tonight, bro? You know the same old Hennessy and some Corona, man. I'm getting geared up for a Stagger party. Big up Stagger Gemini. All right, Stagger Lee Gemini party. All right, Chief, man, we got to run. We'll catch up with you next week, brother. All right, man. All right, peace. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Chief Rocka. The one and only. Oh, man, always good when the, the Chief Rocker Jersey Vern calls into the show, people. Again, Vince Wright, sports governor. The, the dial-in number on my executive line is area code 651-968-0124. We'll get that out there in the chat room. We got about 45 minutes left tonight. Great takes from Jersey Vern on Muhammad Ali. And before we wrap it up with Muhammad Ali, I did want to play this take here from uh, Jack Nicholas. Obviously, arguably the greatest golfer to ever do it. And this past Sunday at the Memorial Tournament, which is his tournament in Columbus, Ohio, Jim Nance interviewed him along with Nick Faldo, former Masters champion. Um, I think he's won some British Opens as well. But uh, Nick Faldo is actually from the continent of Africa. I believe he's from Zimbabwe. So he knows the the outreach of Muhammad Ali and just listen. And by the way, all three of these guys literally tears welling up in their eyes talking about the great one or the greatest of all time. His loved ones, as we say goodbye to Muhammad Ali and having Jack Nicholas here, chance to hear from you you knew Ali not all that well but in fact just a half a year ago you won the Muhammad Ali Legacy Award the first time that anyone had ever received that award with Muhammad Ali's name on it what can you tell us about him? well my first meeting with uh, Ali was at uh, the PGA Championship 1996 right here that picture right there I have that picture in my in my office uh, I have all the pictures in my office are pictures of my family, except for that picture. I have a couple of presidents' pictures in there, and I have that picture. Uh, I enjoyed meeting him. He was very gracious. Uh, uh, he, uh, we, we saw each other quite a bit at different events over the next three or four years. Uh, he couldn't have been nicer, and uh, you know I respected him him greatly. I thought he was a great champion. I thought he did it. He did an awful lot for mankind, and uh, uh, he'll be missed by. Not only the boxing world, but the world in general. And winning the the award named for Muhammad Ali just uh, at uh, the end of 2015, there were family members. Muhammad's family yeah. was there. His wife, Lonnie. Lonnie, Lonnie Will Smith was there, award. played him in the movie. That's right. And then it was a nice award. It was nice to get that award. It was the third time they had had that legacy award, but the first time Muhammad Ali's name had been on it. So it was the first presentation that I was very honored to receive that. 
I may ask you, Nick. Mm, yeah. Uh, Jack saw him there at Valhalla in 96 at the PGA. And, of course, you were there as a captain uh, for the Ryder Cup in uh, 2008. Yeah. Next thing you know, I, I see a picture of you're shuttling around the champ in, in your cart. There, he came down on his cart. I think we were down on the... Actually, it was the first fairway. So we didn't know what was... He was... Good, wait, was talk he was going to come down and he appeared and I managed to gather the whole team back off the golf course we came and grouped round and had a picture with him and then, then the, the boys went off and played golf and unfortunately you know, his, uh, his condition there was poor you know he couldn't really talk much but I had a I feel for me quite an emotional moment because I feel I was talking to him and he connected. He gave me a few nods and a few little nudges. No words were said but you know it was, it was for me it was very moving. He understood exactly what you were saying. Yeah, I, be, I believe that, everything. yeah. Absolutely. It's amazing to see, though, when you reach the top, as he did, as you have, how at some point you you really do realize that there's something more that you can do than just being the greatest at your sport. I he, know you can be one of the few people that can relate to what he was uh, able to do beyond the ring. Well, when he was when he got his Parkinson, there wasn't really anything, obviously, from a fighting standpoint he could do. But his life didn't end there. He did a lot of good for a lot of people, and uh, he championed a lot of causes. And you know, he was nicely honored by the to light the torch at the Olympics. I thought that was that was quite uh, quite touching. And uh, uh, he's uh, you know he, he was a champ, always will be. I get you were the, the, uh, our greatest golfer. And he was the greatest. You'll like this quote from him. Talking about Ali, talking about golf. I'm the best. I just haven't played yet. <laughs> How about that one? So he always had a great sense of humor. Yes, that was that was that was really was very special about him. And I and I loved you know the, the documentaries when he went to Zaire, the connection he had with the kids. I mean, he would go down the streets, kids were coming, and his love for them and their love for him, how that all fed off. I mean, that was it was that was really special. Special man, no question. It was amazing. Thank you for your uh, reflections, fellas, on the great Muhammad Ali passing away last night at the age of 74. Very well said from Jack Nicholas, Nick Faldo, Jim Nance, courtesy CBS Sports. That was from the Memorial Tournament last weekend. And got to give props to CBS there. That's what we do now. And they talk about the man, the myth, the legend, Ali. Now let's move from the boxing ring to what he, just a couple things he he did outside of the boxing ring. First things first, and here's a little interesting fact, and I know it won't be a popular one, but just thought it'd be, it was interesting Nonetheless, now, I don't know if you guys knew it. In 1984, Ali announced his support for the re-election of Ronald Reagan in 1984. Now, when the champ was asked why uh, his endorsement of Reagan, Ali told reporters, quote, he's keeping God in schools and that's enough. Wow, interesting. Uh, He was... He's ridden on floats in the Tournament of Roses Parade. And in 1991, and this is documented in Muhammad Ali, His Life and Times by Thomas Hauser, who was Ali's biographer, official biography biographer. And R.C. may have the book because R.C. does have a lot of books on Ali. 
1991, Ali traveled to Iraq during the Gulf War. He met with Saddam Hussein himself in an attempt to negotiate the release of American hostages. In 1996, he had the honor of lighting the flame, as we talked about at the Olympics in Atlanta. And in 2001, the biopic Ali came out with Will Smith. And by the way, Will Smith will be one of the pallbearers at Ali's funeral this Friday. And it was rumored that Ali actually sold his likeness about 10 years ago for the tune of 50 to 60 million dollars as well there. So, um, you know, got back some of that money that Don King stole from him, uh, supposedly. Obviously, we know about some of the the health problems and, you know, his detractors will talk about, you know, Ali's. Uh, you know, love of women and, and, you know, he's got nine children, multiple moms. So what? You know, he, he took care of all of his kids. He, he took care of the world. He gave his time. He gave himself. Um, as I put on my Facebook page, uh, a race well won or a race well run, excuse me. And now you rest, sir. So champion, thank you for the memories. Thank you for all you have done for for mankind. Thank you for being a a true shining example for your religion of Islam. And again, we are losing great people all the time, unfortunately. So rest in peace to the great champ Muhammad Ali. We love you, and we will definitely miss you. And folks, get out there. Check out YouTube. Go go look at all these old fights, man. That's the good thing about technology. Go check out Ali. Go look at these interviews with him and, and Cassius, or Cassius, go uh, Howard Cosell. You know, these sound bites that I played for you here. Come back to this show. Listen to the sound bites that we played here for you. Jack Nicholas talking about the greatest of all time. The Ali Cosell banter, the interview over in England with the BBC. You got to love the champ. You just got to love the champ. And he will be missed by everybody who had the pleasure of watching him fight like me. And we just, man, just cannot wait. We will be back after this break. We'll get into some basketball. We love you, Muhammad. Like I'm quiet to you. As loud as I'm hollering, you call me quiet. Well, this is a report. We heard. I'm hollering loud because I can back up every word. And I'll whoop any man in the world. And I want everybody out there on TV to know it. I am the greatest. No tricks in 86. It's time to build. Check out the Doug Stewart Show Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Time right here on the Stewart Media and Entertainment Network. It's sports talk. It's guy talk. It's fun talk. Once again, that's the Doug Stewart Show. One half of the world-famous Two Live Stews, Doug Stewart. Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Time at StewartMediaAndEntertainment.com. Trust me, you'll have more fun than you can shake a stick at. And I got one question for you. Are you not entertained, huh? 
It's beach body season. So if you're looking to get that beach body, there's still time. With IASOT, the IASOT is a unique blend of nine all natural herbs. Just eight ounces of tea twice daily can provide you with dramatic results and have you beach ready in no time. Place your order today at www.totallifechanges.com forward slash tea team. That's www.totallifechanges.com forward slash T E A T E A M or call. 678-250-5839. That's 678-250-5839. Start working on your beach body today. Coming straight from the A. Kick it with your boy KC at www.kc.com. This show covers some of the realest issues trending today. He'll keep you locked in from the first listen. You can find him online on his mobile app or at kysii.com, xsquadaffiliates.com, iTunes, Google Play, and especially on the SME Network on Tuesdays at noon. You don't want to miss it. Right, the sports governor from Minnesota. Man, Jelly Young. Microwave. Reggie Long, aka Dollars and Cents. Kicking it with you. Extra, give it to you. Hey, Vince Wright here. Sports Done Right is my show. Make sure you're listening on Wednesdays on SME. The Sports Gov, Sports Done Right, SME. Three things that go great together. And we are back. What's going on, Sports Done Right? Taking you into the home stretch. Miss you too, Fife. Oh man, losing everybody here, people. All right, man. Let's get it going. Sports done right. The Cleveland Cavaliers. Whoo, man. Folks, I don't even know where to begin. On these Cleveland Cavaliers. And again, you're listening to the sports governor here on the Stewart Media and Entertainment Network. Make sure you check out the X Squad Affiliates. XSquadAffiliates.com is the website. And again, I don't know where to begin. I picked the Cavs in seven. I bought in. I ain't going to lie, folks. I, I, I did. I thought they were going to do it. They look good. But then I bought into it. I, I forgot they come from the east. Maybe that's what's going on. They come from the the, the weak, lame-ass East. 
Man, you talk about utterly disappointing. I'll get into a couple of the numbers here very shortly. Not that it even matters. You know, normally I come prepared and I got some numbers for you and this, this, and that. It really doesn't matter, man. It doesn't matter. I'll throw these out for you here real quick. First off, you got to give it up for the Warriors defense. Great job. LeBron James, the king, has 11 turnovers in the NBA Finals. 11 turnovers in these games. That stifling defense of the Golden State has held Cleveland to a 35% field goal percentage, and they're shooting just 21.7% from the field. Let's, let's look at the box score. You got James with 19. You got Irving with 10. Everybody else is gone. You know what? And he's old as hell, but give it up for big Richard Jefferson coming up off the bench and throwing in 12 points and five rebounds. Because he's the only other Cavalier that seemed to show up. Mozgov, where were you? Dirty Delavadova, where were you? Shumpert on milk cartons. On milk cartons. Let's go to Golden State. Draymond, 28. Steph. And here's the thing. you Steph, the Splash Brothers, 18 points for Curry, 17 points for Thompson. If you, this is your chance to beat them when you're holding them to point totals like that. But then Draymond comes in and drops 28 and 7 boards on you and throws up 5 assists, by the way, for the big man. You know, there's Bogut again. Again, I don't know how somebody 7 feet tall can score only 2 points in a basketball game. And folks, I'll get to that chat room in a minute here. I, I appreciate you guys hanging out, but I am really perplexed. And again, Vince Wright on the Stewart Media and Entertainment Network, the sports governor of Minnesota. This is Sports Done Right. Spreaker.com, xsquadaffiliates.com as well. And here we go again, you know, Verjao missing in action. Everybody missing in action. Golden State, though. Barbosa came off the bench, gave him 10 points. Livingston came, gave him a quick seven. Iguodala gave him a quick seven. And this, this thing's a wrap. I could be wrong. I'm sure my co-host, Reggie Lawrence, who's over in Europe, is praying that I'm wrong. But, folks, make no mistake. Cleveland is in a bad sort of way. They got punked, man. They they literally got punked the other night. They gave up. They got their hearts ripped out. And forget coaching. Forget the, Forget everything. They got beat up. Phil Jackson says it's time for LeBron James to go ham. And then by that, I'm assuming it's time for LeBron James to have one of them 60-point games where he, like a Jordan, like a Johnson, like a Isaiah Thomas even back in the day, Larry Bird, obviously, refused to let the team lose. It ain't happening tonight. If I got to go out here and throw up 70, 81 like Kobe, we ain't losing tonight. What do you guys think out there in the chat room? 
If you're interested in calling sports done right, make sure you hit me up. We still got uh, time here. We got about 25 minutes left of the show. 651-968-0124. And we are on the Stewart Media and Entertainment Network. And now's a good time. Let me pop in this chat room here before I continue my thoughts on the finals. And I want to backtrack here. Uh, RC says Jim Brown said that. Oh, okay. We're going back to some of the Ali talk here. RC says Jim Brown said that Ali didn't go from being the most hated athlete to its most beloved until he lost his ability to speak. Sad, but true. Very interesting point. And that has been a point that has been brought up. Grego says, I told y'all sluggo, close your eyes. The Hawks had y'all believing that the Cavs are as good as the Warriors. Very good point. You know, Grego actually making some sense for a change. That don't happen too often. Props, Grego. Appreciate it, dog. <laughs> Chief Rocker says, to hell with you, Gov. I don't, oh, I don't know. He must be pulling for Cleveland, basically. Um, and then, oh, and I did want to mention, too, that there is a, a Muslim service that was put together by the area Muslims in Louisville, then they gave away just over 2,000 free tickets for a public memorial service for Muhammad Ali. So that should be very interesting as well. And look forward to seeing that also. All right. What else we got here in tonight's chat room? Again, Chief Rocker says, telling me I'm wrong. Stagger Lee says it's time for LeBron James to go back to Miami or San Antonio. Hmm. What do y'all think about that? Could it happen? Now, we've talked about it on Sports Done Right for weeks, people, for weeks. Could this mug actually leave Cleveland again? Could he? I don't know, man. He could if he doesn't ever want to go back there. Grego says, Chief, you realize they call traveling on LeBron... LeBron was distraught ever since. LeBron's just been punked like the rest of his team. Maybe he can get Dwayne Wade to come up to Cleveland. Maybe he goes back to Miami. Who knows, man? But you you really got to start wondering about the, the curse of this city, man, because who knows? Maybe they're setting us up for a Boston Red Sox. Uh, triumphant comeback here, but I don't see it, man. I just don't see it. And in that in that game too, man, if you cannot stop the Splash, or you did literally stop the Splash Brothers from what they're capable of doing, and you still lose, you're still turning the ball over, you're still uh, out of sorts, you're, you're playing scared, you're playing just all over the place. That whole team is kind of playing like Westbrook plays for Oklahoma City. All kinds of energy. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. For Cleveland, it's been real bad. Grego says, heck yeah, I can see LeBron in silver and black. Plaid button down saying, I'm a big guy. Or excuse me, I'm a big guy and everything is bigger in Texas. And that's where I'm going, to San Antonio. Boy, (laughs) I'm going to be in San Antonio actually next week. Um, I might do a few remotes down there and ask the fine folks of San Antonio what they think about that, Grego. We're on to something here, buddy. We're on to something. Getting Vince right. 
Oh, there's Staggerly again. Oh, boy. <laughs> Stagger. Donald Trump is going to be at Ali's funeral taking all the names for Muslims in Louisville. That's our guy, Staggerly, the world's greatest stand-up here on Sports Done Right. Want to give it up to our main man, Broncos boy, made it through tonight. What's up, Broncos boy? Make sure you go back and check us out. We had a lot of fun sound drops of Muhammad Ali here in the past hour. We are talking about the Cleveland Golden State Series and how that's basically a wrap as well right now. And again, we got about 20 minutes left on Sports Done Right on the Stewart Media and Entertainment Network. No tricks in 86, it's time to build. Check out the Doug Stewart Show Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Time right here on the Stewart Media and Entertainment Network. It's sports talk, it's guy talk, it's fun talk. Once again, that's the Doug Stewart Show. One half of the world-famous Two Live Stews, Doug Stewart. Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Time at StewartMediaAndEntertainment.com. Trust me. You'll have more fun than you can shake a stick at. And I got one question for you. Are you not entertained, huh? We are entertained, Doug Stewart. Again, the big man, the grand poobah of the SME Network, Doug Stewart, one half of the world-famous Two Live Stews. want to thank you, sir, for not only the opportunity for the X-Squad affiliates. It's, it's been a great run here on SME, and we are enjoying our time. And we want to thank you, everybody out there, Checking us out. Now, there is one show that I caught up today I want to give some props to, and that is Unsportsmanlike Conduct. And uh, I forgot the guy's name. I think he, we shared the last name right, Van Rice, something like that. I'm trying to go to it right now because I don't like talking <laughs> without um, VJ Wright, V-E-E-J-A-Y Wright. Uh, he's also known as 8515. He hosts the show on Sportsmanlike Conduct that a lot of us on the X-Squad affiliates were checking out today. He said he was going to listen. So if you do check um, the show out here, VJ, uh, give us a call next time, man. Uh, we'd love to have you on and you're doing a good thing over there. So big up um, to uh, not only that, I want to say what up to that ninja as well, doing his thing with the Underground Railroad show. Big up to Realcast doing their their thing. So, yeah, man, this Cleveland series, done over kaput. And that's just the way it is. So I will be in San Antonio, and I'm going to do that, Grego. We're going to do that. So I know some folks, uh uh-oh. The man, the myth, the legend. Who do we got on the line with the Gov? What's going on? It's the microwave, Gov. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only John Fisher is in the building. <laughs> patty cake, patty cake, microwave. What's going on, sir? Hey, dog man, real quick, man. I just heard you say uh, VJ Wright. Where, 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 where he pop up from? Uh, he hosts a show called what was it? Unsportsmanlike conduct that we were checking out a little bit earlier. Actually, I was checking it out. And you don't ask me. Uh, no, it wasn't on SME. Um, it was during the breaks today where there wasn't a live show going on. And it was just a real good show. And, um, you know, we, he saw a lot of us in his chat room. He did. I, I don't know if he gets a lot of chat normally. But uh, hey, yo, I Gov, guess that's my that's my that's my man's right there. Like, yeah, I was just going to say, I, I thought that you may know him. I know Chief was up in there and Chief knows him. So, yeah, man. Nah, like, was, that's, nah, like that's my 
Like that's I mean, when I tell you me and him used to sit down and play Madden together in the same room and he, he always playing with Miami Dolphins. If he listening, he know him. He you know, if he listening to your show right now, he knows exactly what I'm talking about. He always play with Miami, that's the team. But um right. yeah, like nah, DJ Wright is my boy. Like he um he does he he, he uh well he I don't know if he still does, but he did comedy. Um, he yeah, he, back he, in the he, he was talking about that, and he actually said he was going to call in tonight. I don't know. Obviously, you know, people get busy and stuff. But uh, I hope we do check him out. You know, I'm following him on Spreaker. But, yeah, he was talking about doing the comedy, and if he called in, should, should he do, like, a clean guest appearance on my show, or can he be a little more risque or whatever? So, yeah, man, but, yeah, check out the shows, man. Very, very good. I've been listening to the past couple. Very impressed. Yeah, I'm gonna holler my people's. Um, I'm gonna have to get a direct line to him. I'm gonna holler my people. I know he was doing podcasts on Speak or whatever, but we never crossed paths. But like, I mean, like, I mean, I've been knowing him since I was a teenager. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, threw, that's my man's right there. Yeah, and also go back earlier today, Fish. I threw it up in our group chat as well, so you could check it out there. But hey, bro, since I got you on the line, and obviously we were having phone issues last week, man. Um, unfortunately, we don't have Reggie here for you to uh, do your Muhammad Ali impression on. But big, big guy, <laughs> tell you know, tell us about your takes of what you're seeing here with Cleveland and Golden State, man. I mean, okay, well, to me, it looks like Golden State is a better team, but not only does it look like the Cavs took a punch that they couldn't yet at least respond to. It also looked like Tyrone Tyrone Lou uh, took a punch that he couldn't respond to because he was on the sidelines just looking shocked. I think it took him way too long to put Mozgov in the game. Last year, Mozgov, I think he had like 28 points and like 11 rebounds in the first game. And then the second game, he had like 17 and 14 or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like he actually played well against them. And if anything, OKC showed you is like, look, if you can go big against the Warriors, and um, shut down Stephen Clay, then you know you're good. You're good to go. You know you, you'll be you, your big man will be able to dominate the backboards, and and that's where everything is made. So I don't know, man. I I think it took him too long to, to put Miles Garvey in. He put him in in garbage time. Basically, you know he was a blowout cat. Uh, that dude makes eleven million dollars to sit on the bench and just right. eat, you know exactly. and just eat up exactly. salary. What do you think about Shumpert? Um, Shumper needs to do something with his hair, first of all. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, what what can you expect out of Shumper? It's to the point where Shumper is um, known for his defense. He's not really known for his offense. If he can hit open threes, he, you know, he, he's a plus being out there for you. But if he can't get any open threes, then he's not going to take any threes. And he's not going to take many shots. So, you know, at the end of the day, when you're putting him on Steph or Clay, but it's not them that are killing you, it's the rest of the guys. What's the point of having them out there? Right, and uh, Chief Rocker says that he said the same thing earlier too, Fish. Now, let's switch it over to Golden State, man. I mean, you know, like I just said, man, you know, the Splash Brothers, it, you know, by their standard at least, um, Microwave have kind of an off night. You know, most players would take those numbers. But then Draymond comes and drops almost 30 on you, and they still can't find a way to win. Does Cleveland have any shot any shot to, and forget winning the series right now. Let's just say, does Cleveland have two sh- or uh, any shot at winning two games? Fish. Uh, any shot at winning two games? Of course, they have a well, shot. Well, a, a two shot, games. but but what do you think? Here, here's what I think. I I think Cleveland has to win Game Three 
Um, oh yeah, of course. Even though, even though I'm not one of those who thinks that if they lose Game Three, that they'll lose Game Four. Um, I know Stephen A. was saying he had, you know, some of the players would check out and everything. But if, if you really want me to be honest with you, Gov, um, I mean, momentum is crazy, you know. And Cleveland's back home now. If they can change something, it just seems like they're outmatched. You know what I mean? Kevin yeah, Love is probably yeah. not going to play. Even if he does play, they look so bad defensively. They're not moving the ball offensively. They're just standing. Kyrie, get your own shot. Or LeBron, get your own shot. Or we'll right. see how many times Jr. can dribble the ball almost out of bounds and then try to get his own shot. You know, <laughs> exactly. they're, they're, yes. they're not flowing in the sense of an offense, and it just can't go as deep as Golden State can. I just think Golden State just a better team overall. You know, I don't, I don't think any slack for LeBron. Oh, you need to get more out of your guys. Those guys aren't ready, man. Um, this is Kyrie Irving's technically his first finals. I mean, you know, he played what one game last one, last yeah, year, and he had Kevin Love's first knee finals. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, so for people who say, "Oh, well, you know," last year they tried to say that Stephenum didn't have any um, um, finals experience. Well, guess who doesn't have any now? It's Kyrie, and he's not playing well. You know, he he right. the first game he had twenty something points, but he shot seven for twenty for twenty three, twenty two. You know, last game he was five for five for fifteen, six for fifteen. He's not shooting well, and it's showing out there. And, folks, that's why he is Mr. Patty Cake, Patty Cake Microwave, joining us live on Sports Done Right tonight, the host of Cooking with the Microwave, or excuse me, I forget the host of, my friend. And he is Cooking with the Microwave. We get that. But, Fish, when are we going to get some new tracks out of you, man? We'll get back to the sports in a minute, but, man, when are we going to get some tracks from you? Man, I ain't rapping no more. Speaking of uh, speaking of speak, speaking of uh, your boy BJ Wright though, um, uh, back when he was doing his whole comedian thing, like it's funny because me and his brother, um, we kind of had like I don't know if you want to call it rap beef or whatever. We, we went at each other on wax. Me and his younger brother, and uh, actually, um, BJ Wright is uh is is, is uh, what's the name? Uh, what's my man's name? Damn, um, it is. Oh my God! He played for North Carolina, all-time leading assist. Oh, uh, really? Kendall Marshall, Kendall Marshall, Kendall oh, Marshall. That's okay. his, the, VJ's, VJ's Kendall's uncle. I don't know if you want me to put oh, that out wow. there, but yeah, okay. v, v, VJ's Kendall's uncle. His older brother um, is, is Dennis Marshall, and his younger brother, um, you know, had his little rap thing and stuff too. His name is the Miss Omega, and um, VJ, you know, he he was going to start his own little entertainment company. As I was supposed to be his first artist. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And we go back, hey. man. We go back. Well, good to hear, man. And I'm sure hopefully everybody's going to be crossing paths here. Now, Fish, before I can let you get out of here, just a couple more questions on this series, man. Uh-huh. Um, if Cleveland loses this, like most of us are saying they will now, how is LeBron looked at? And I know it's it's always a, a, a me, 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 right now type of world we're in. But if they lose this, let's say if they either get swept or they, if they go out four games to one, what does this do to LeBron's legacy? Um, so the masses is gonna is gonna put a little ding in his legacy. To people like myself, I really don't think. I mean, I think LeBron showed up. Um, he did what he was supposed to do, but. Right. Regardless on whether he constructed the team or not, he can't get you know he can't get a guy to shoot the ball and make it go through the hoop. You know he can't get a guy to come out there and play with effort or just you know commit a hard foul 
you know, when you think when you think the game's going to, you know, get somebody a little bump or, like, do something. He can't make them guys do that. So a lot right. of people are going to, oh, yeah, well, LeBron made the team and all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Regardless of all of that, we can't sit here and say LeBron played bad. I mean, okay, game two, he had seven turnovers. That's bad. But still in all, I mean, if you look at the uh, if you look at the output of the whole team, like, I mean, they just the Golden State is just playing better. They're playing better when Steph and Clay are not dominating. To me, because when right. Steph and Clay are dominating, then they kind of need the extra points they get from the other guys. But the way they're playing now, with Steph and Clay not dominating, the other guys are carrying the load. Very well said. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing, man. It just seems like whatever – it's one of those situations, you know, like Angie says about me playing her in golf. Whatever I try and do, I just can't beat her. It may go good for a stretch here or there, but in the end, I can't beat her. And that's what it seems like is going on in this series. No matter what Cleveland does, they just like you said, brother, they ain't good enough. And let's let's stretch it beyond that. Let's say they go out and lose – what does Cleveland have to do next year to bring in somebody to at least get more competitive with Golden State? Uh, they're going to have to blow it up. They're going to have to get rid of Kevin Love. Um, I, they're going to have to get rid that. of Mozgov. Yeah. Um, they're going to have to get rid of – I mean, Richard Jefferson is a nice pickup for a late playoff run, but, you know, he's not a regular season player. He's not no, really going to no, give you any minutes during the regular season with his age. Um, but, I, I mean – Look, man, you know, I, Cleveland shouldn't hang their heads. Golden State is a better team. And, and, and here, here's, here's one thing, though. A lot of people say, oh, well, maybe they had a lot taken out of them. And maybe so. But Stephen Clay carried the load in game six, and, game six and seven against OKC. And now the other guy came ready to play, you know. And what do you do when, when that happens? There's nothing, there's, there's really nothing you can do. They're just a better team. They've been battle tested. You know, they, they, they lost, uh, uh, three games to OKC. They had their backs against the wall. Cleveland, I mean, Cleveland has not been battle tested. Remember when they lost the second game to, um, Toronto, LeBron came in the post game show and said, I mean, the post game comments and said, Oh, well, I've had adverse situations in my life. This isn't one of them. Exactly, exactly. You know, so they really weren't tested, and now they're being tested. The question is, how are they? How are they going to respond? Got to get the next one that goes without saying, fish. And but next year, man, they're going to have to blow it up. They're yeah, going to have to blow I, I it agree. up, man. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Got too agree. much money sitting on that bench. Mozgov making eleven million sitting on the bench, riding a pine. Exactly. How much is Shumpert making? Do we know? Do you know offhand? I don't. Uh, I think Shumpert's making around between like. I think Shepard might be making around like nine. Okay. Still around nine, nine to 11. Yeah, not, not a small uh, chunk of change by any means. No, no. But Shepard's somebody who you keep. Um, He's a good player. But you, you just got to build that bench. Like, you got to have somebody else the bench that's going to be able to score. You know, some, somebody that can give you a solid, like, say, your sixth man, if you're Cleveland, your sixth man has to be able to give you 15, average 15 for the season you know, to make you viable. I mean, because you're playing in the East, so, you know, okay, yeah. The gap has closed from last season to this season between the East and the West, but mm-hmm. still and all, at the top, it's 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 thin. At the top, right. it's all West. You know what right. I mean? When, yes. you integrate yeah. all, it, when you integrate all 16 teams, then, yeah, you know, it seems pretty even, but at the top, it's, it's all Western Conference. Yeah. So, 
I'm sorry, boss. Go ahead. Finish your thought. I I I wouldn't blame LeBron. And shoot, man, if they get swept now, I think he might bounce. I, I'm really, I you know, at first it was a joke with me, man. But the more, especially the way it's playing out, you know, fish. I'm starting to agree, man. I'm starting he to may. agree. He may, and if he doesn't, and, and if he doesn't bounce, he's gonna he's he's gonna dismantle the team. He's gonna get rid of Kevin Love. It's gonna be the first thing. He yeah, might even look going. to chop Kyrie. But the reason I think that he may leave because I figured it is look boom. Um, and this is a possible scenario, even though it's far fetched. LeBron can go to the Clippers in a signing trade, and they can get rid of Blake Griffin. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Fishman, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I got another. No, nah, you're good. For you're you. good. You're good. You're good. No, no, uh, no. I know you guys are wrapping up. Um, yeah. yeah, I was gonna say, and then um, you already know when LeBron comes to a team, you're gonna have the veteran players who are role players are gonna try to go over there and sign and sign for the logo. So he would, you know, I mean, you know, who knows? He may leave, but I, I think he he may stay and just try to make some moves. But I don't know, man. It's, it's not working for him out there in the East. Cool. Hey, Fish, before I let you get out of here, man, first off, thank you as always for dropping your knowledge. I mean, you are a basketball encyclopedia, brother. Tell the folks where they can find you, man. Um, you can find me, Spreaker.com, uh, as John Fisher. Actually, now it's Jay Fish the Microwave. And uh, you can find me on com. You can find me on Facebook, John Fisher. You can find me on Twitter at JFisherMicroWave. Leave the V and the E off, um, <laughs> and you can catch me. You can catch me calling in to the to, to um, Sports Some More Show, trying to get at Reg or calling yes, in to Sports right. Done Right, just taking it with the gloves. You know what I mean? Hey, and we appreciate it, Fish Man. And of course, everybody, listen for this man. Follow him on Spreaker. Um, check them out on xsquadaffiliates.com as well. Big Fish, thanks for dropping in tonight, man. Make sure you hang out. I got some NFL news here, and then we're going to uh, get on out of here, my brother. No doubt, bro. I'm going I'm, to I'm crank it up as soon as you shut it down. All right. I'm going to do that. All right, Fish, I'll let you get prepped, right, man. Right. Have a good one. Good show, bro. Okay, peace. Ladies and gentlemen, John Fisher. Patty cake, patty cake, microwave. The one and only John Fisher. Got some NFL news coming up for you. We're going to get on out of here. So let me do this. Let me get through the NFL news. We're going to finish out with nothing but chats. And we are going to get on out the way here. So from NBCSports.com, Minnesota Vikings fans like myself are very happy. Hitman Harry Harrison signs a new multi-year deal. And if you are a Vikings fan, this is a huge, huge signing because this cat can play. So um, according to someone close with uh, knowledge to the deal, the contract has a five-year annual uh, pay of $10.25 million and a three-year average of $10.75 million. That's more than $10 million annual average arising from the Earl Thomas deal in Seattle. But it's less than uh, the $10.8 that uh that chief guy uh eric berry got excuse me that chief guy <laughs> listen to me uh is due to make in 2016 so um congratulations to hitman harry uh 10 million of that i'm just trying to look to see what the guarantee was on that so of that 28 million oh here we go the the guarantee is uh 15.2 million so congratulations 
to Harry Harrison, or excuse me, Harrison Smith, Minnesota Vikings safety. We call him Hitman Harry after that lick that he put on in that first game against Colin Kaepernick. I'm sure it's out there on YouTube, but congratulations. This is a big signee because this is this kid can play some D-back. He hits, he uh, closes the field, he, he's got some interceptions, and just what our Minnesota Vikings need. So congratulations to Harrison Smith on getting some money. Akib Tlaib, what are you doing? Did you shoot yourself? Or like Biggie said, who shot you? You need a pardon for the sports governor? Man, we don't know what's going on here, but Mike Kliss, K-L-I-S of 9news.com in Denver, and this comes uh, from Mike Florio, his article, NBCSports.com. Uh, the Broncos cornerback had told people close to him that he accidentally shot himself. And before I get out of here, we got a new guy in the, in the room, one of our old listeners, the one and only Tank Murdoch from Kentucky joining us. What up, Tank? I had to make sure I get you in there before we get out of here tonight. Welcome aboard, big guy. Now, police are still investigating this situation. They do believe Tlaib was shot at a Dallas nightclub where two others were shot. Tlaib told police he was hanging out with friends. Regardless of how this happened, uh, Cleese reports that the Broncos expect Tlaib to miss the rest of the offseason program with this wound. So the fun continues in Denver in the offseason. Speaking of Denver, their former quarterback, or, or actually let me finish up on the previous story, Broncos didn't believe that Tlaib will be facing charges. That's the other thing that they wanted to get out there as well. They're saying it's not a Plaxico Burris type of situation. We'll see. Osweiler, the former quarterback, Brock Osweiler, likes what he sees down in Texas. The chemistry between Osweiler and Pro Bowl wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins is starting to click, apparently. Although the true litmus test is the Texans' new passing connection will unfold this fall. Osweiler and Hopkins are starting to build the some good timing and rapport, which obviously they're going to need here to make this thing work. Hopkins displayed a penchant for acrobatic one-handed catches during his breakthrough season last year. 6'1", 218 pounds, large hands. He's very explosive. And Osweiler is learning rapidly that he can deliver the football anywhere close to Hopkins, supposedly, and he's going to go get it. As he calls him Hop, Hop is very unique receiver, Osweiler said. He's a wide receiver you love to have on your side. With him, I don't know if there's really anything that's not catchable as long as you put it in bounds. That's very comforting as a quarterback. He's always saying, just throw it up. I'll go get it. So we'll see what happens there. Sad news coming out of the Buffalo Bills organization. Bruce Smith, the former Hall of Famer, admits he's in daily pain and forgets things. This came from a Darren Gantz article. At a time when the NFL is only beginning to listen to people with different ideas on pain management, one of the greatest players of all time offered yet another reminder to us, folks. Oh, boy. Um, via Tyler Dunn of the Buffalo News, 
caught up with the Hall of Famer. So Bruce Smith says he is, uh, has daily reminders of his physical pain alone, along with his moments he's reminded of the other impacts of nearly 20 years of football. Quote, there's not a day that goes by that I'm not in pain, Smith said. Multiple joints and things I experience on a daily basis. It can be very frustrating sometimes and very painful, but I'm blessed. For almost 20 years, he wreaked havoc on uh, the NFL fields. He is the NFL's all-time leader in sacks with 200. But that came at a cost. He says he's not going to sit here. He's not one to complain. While I did not know the severity of the continuous head traumas or what it could do to an individual and the mind and so forth, I'm not going to sit here and complain. I'm very blessed to be standing here, Bruce says. So keep Bruce Smith in your thoughts. Um, Unfortunately, it seems yet another victim to the traumas of football. Jets quarterback, Mr. Ryan Fitzpatrick is not interested in a one-year $12 million deal. This is uh, coming from Mike Florio again. The Jets and quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick continue to find agreement in their disagreement. Fitzpatrick reportedly now willing to take the $12 million for one year that the Jets reportedly are not now willing to pay. And that's the word from Manish Mata of the New York Daily News. So, Says here, no surprise, the pending three-year offer that would pay Fitzpatrick $12 million in the first year has two extra years attached to it in order to lessen the 2016 cap charge. So they're still going back and forth in New York. Be interested to see what happens here. Two months away from training camp. So keep your eye on the Fitzpatrick situation. We're back to Brock Osweiler refusing to go to the White House with Denver to say what up to President Obama. While his former Broncos teammates basked in the glory of their Super Bowl crown with President Obama, Osweiler was grinding Monday like a man who has truly turned the page. No, Osweiler didn't skip the White House trip like others have in the past as a political statement. Yet in opting to hit the field on the first day of voluntary OTA practices with his new team, the Houston Texans, the 72 million, say that again, $72 million quarterback got to work. He says, I don't care what the label is. Bottom line is we're in the helmets and we're practicing and we're in the meeting room taking football. So, um, a lot of people thought that this was some type of political protest. I'm not really sure, but Osweiler passing up. And, oh, before we get out of here, folks, it would not be a football update without Johnny Manziel, right? Of course not. Hey, Vince Wright here. Sports Done Right is my show. Make sure you're listening on Wednesdays on SME. The Sports Gov, Sports Done Right, SME. Three things that go great together. And that was a complete mistake, by the way. Hit the wrong button there. But, yeah, make sure you check us out on the Stewart Media and Entertainment Network, Sports Done Right, and on Facebook as well. Johnny Manziel sued for alleged house damages in a six-figure lawsuit. Are you kidding me, man? This month... Oh, my goodness, man. He gets away with everything. 
Former Cleveland Brown quarterback Johnny Manziel, check this out. He allegedly used a fake name and made other intentional, and this is in quotes, intentional misrepresentations with no regard for the truth when he rented a home in Southern California and caused nearly $30,000 in damage, according to a lawsuit filed in L.A. this week. (laughs) Manziel went by Travis at the time he rented the house in early April from LA Exotic Life, a company that specializes in renting exotic villas, vehicles, and jets, things like that, according to its website. Manziel stayed in the home from April 4th to April 6th. Oh, he was only here for a few days and agreed to limit the number of people in the house at any one time to 15. Lawsuit is seeking total damages of more than $100,000. And uh, I guess TMZ was the first to report that. Uh, An attorney for LA Exotic Life owner, Nicholas Goodwin, says a number of his guests were consuming drugs and alcohol on the property. They caused a disturbance to the neighborhood, which resulted in the Los Angeles police being called to the property on the morning of April 6th. Oh boy, it just gets better with this kid, doesn't it? Use and possession of narcotics on the premises. Lawsuit itemized the list of alleged just about $30,000 itemized. They're asking $16,500 for new carpet. Broke a $3,000 glass table. Oh, Johnny, what are you doing? What are you doing? Folks, some people get away with it. Some people get away with it. Let Teddy Bridgewater rent a house in Southern California. Act, act a fool. See what happens. All right, folks, let me get in this chat here. We are a little bit over now, so I'm going to get out of the way. Folks, thank you so much. Stagger Lee, can the judge from the Stanford swimmer verdict take over to Roger Goodell since he died? Oh, yeah, the infamous uh, uh, somebody hacked uh, the NFL's uh, Twitter system and said the old commission passed away. Uh, Grego says, I'm no Osweiler fan, but I think he's a good player. RC says, if I'm the Jets, I tell Fitzpatrick to kick rocks. Gino, Gino Smith, that is, will do just fine now that he finally has some receivers and a running back. RC, very good point. Very good point. Grego says, Matt Ryan sighting on my television, throwing precision or precise passes in shorts and helmets. No defensive pressure, though. Of course not. All right, folks. Well, we're going to wrap it up here. I'm sorry I wasn't able to get to a little bit more of the chat room, but what can I say? Again, I want to thank you live from the Situation Room, deep in the bunker at the Executive Mansion. I am Minnesota Sports Governor Vince Wright. You know who I am. And it has been another great show here on the Stewart Media and Entertainment Network. I can't wait to talk to you guys again. Make sure you listen. And thank you so much for checking out the Sports Governor. Wendy. Oh, I forgot to give Wendy some props. Wendy was a late show edition. So what up to the lovely Wendy out there? Thank you for joining us as well. To the House of Representatives out there, otherwise known as the chat room, and to everybody who listens to the show live, who may not call in, who may not get in this chat room, I appreciate you as well. So thank you guys for checking me out. 
I want to thank Sluggo, Grego, the Chief Rocker, my mom, Reese Bell, Wendy, the First Lady, Angie Wright, RC, Broncos Boy, Bama Boy, Stagger Lee. Uh, who else am I forgetting out here? Uh, Wendy Whoopi, we got her. Tank Murdoch, my main man from the, the great state, the Commonwealth of Kentucky. Uh, Ninja, I think I saw in here earlier. I hope so. Um, hey, man. Keep doing what you're doing. Be safe in them streets out there. Continue to support the X-Squad affiliates. Continue to support your sports governor. I am Vince Wright, and we are done. Unconquered, unbound, undefeated. You finally got it right. Sports done right. Check us out right here on Spreaker every Tuesday night with your host, the big smooth Vince Wright. You can keep up with all the latest breaking sports news and commentary by joining the Sports Done Right group chat on Facebook. It's about time you got your sports done right.
my brother has to be tall. This is the last of the season, 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 the last of the season,